Hello, and welcome to Crafting Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman, and I am your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I'm bringing you interviews of makers of all kinds from all over the world, female and non-binary makers of all kinds. Today's guest is Katie Thompson of Women of Woodworking. Now, I've had Katie on here before as a guest, and I've also been a guest on her Instagram live series over at Women of Woodworking. And today we have a very fun and exciting announcement that we make during our chat together. So I'm not going to give any more of it away than that. You're just going to have to keep listening. Before, though, we get into that conversation with Katie, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Lee at Lee Runyon, Annette 513 Woodworks, Katie Thompson, Women of Woodworking, Kevin Lefty's Workshop, or Woodshop, sorry, Kevin, Christy Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie Toolmom Bonnie, toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support helping us to produce uh, two episodes a week, every week. And with no further ado, we're gonna head on into the conversation with Katie. Um, well, I know you've been on before, but I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself again, um, even though you've been on before. Well, thanks for having me again. I'm Katie Thompson. I am an artist, writer, and advocate, just to, I guess, give the total umbrella there. But um, more specifically, I am the creator of the Women of Woodworking Project, as well as Ken and Chennel pen and chisel, excuse me, which is a new digital monthly uh, journal for woodworkers, artists, and makers. So yes, and I live outside of Charleston, South Carolina. And uh, so this is me coming live from my porch on finally a day. It's okay to exist outside down here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, okay. Awesome. Yeah. I was talking to my uh my wife about talking with you again and she's like where is she located I'm like I don't know one of the Carolinas south north somewhere over there <laughs> so maybe one of these days I'll remember that it's South Carolina uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um so I guess we'll chat a bit about why you're back on um the podcast besides just you know being fun to chat with but um, <laughs> having you back on because you've been doing for a while now you've been doing uh instagram lives over on your women of woodworking um page on instagram and i have become gotten to a point where um producing two episodes a week gets a little bit um cumbersome sometimes <laughs> and so <laughs> I thought hey there's somebody basically doing the same thing that I'm doing so why don't I reach out and see if there's a potential for collaboration and so um really this is kind of the announcement that um at least you know starting soon-ish you'll be coming on and doing and hosting you know an episode or maybe two a month to help um <clears throat> help expand my bandwidth and also to maybe get your content out to a broader audience as well um so i don't know if you want to come in a with little the assist. bit <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about like women of woodworking how that started and like why you transitioned into doing lives absolutely um when I started women of woodworking I had to go back and look I actually started the project in the end of 2014 published my first interview 2015 it was it was just a series of interviews on my blog I was freelance writing and um, working with my husband in our business, um, designing and building custom furniture. And I knew I, you know, with some health issues and kind of 
our plans for our family coming up, I needed to transition to to more writing and um, you know, when I wanted to write about woodworking. I wanted to write about what women were doing. I wanted to write about my experiences being a woman, you know, woodworker, mm -hmm. um, historically underrepresented voice in the craft. And um, it's really just grown from there. You know, over the years, I've, you know, had to pause it here and there. Um, but really, it was the pandemic that finally gave me, you know, enough time to devote to it like I wanted to, you know, um, it was always kind of a passion project. And I, you know, started, I think, in April of 2020, just hopping on once a week doing live streams, goofing off um, the, you know, the first one, my sweet friend Mary May dropped in and it was it was I think that was my like eight o'clock or nine o'clock show. It was really late and we were both I could tell really tired and I was like, all right, I've got something here, but it right. needs a little bit of tweaking. So, um, and it's just turned into, you know, I think it's probably 50 plus interviews at this point, but um, the weekly live stream was just so much fun. It was a great way to connect with um, women and gender non-conforming woodworkers from around the world and um, met so many amazing craftspeople. Um, but the entire time, I, I've been very cognizant that I am using, you know, an Instagram, Facebook platform there. It's not without its pitfalls. Um, while it does make the interviews and content so much more accessible and adds, you know, a very interactive element to it sometimes. Mm -hmm. um, I, very recently, of course, I'm sure we're all remembering the Instagram, Facebook outage. And it just really reminded me of how important it is. Um, one of my dear friends, um, who is a content creator, you know, just said, this is how you, know, you need to invest in yourself. And this project means a lot to me. And so do the interviews and the amount of time and effort that all these makers spend to make this project possible. It has been a completely volunteer project. Um, I didn't even start selling merch until last year. So this has all been done kind of on the generosity of spirit of the community. And I just had enough um enough time on Instagram to know that it's a good time to switch over and what better way to get into the podcast interview world than with you um I think we probably spoke probably about a year ago and I think we had to like cut ourselves off we were yeah. having a little too much fun there so <laughs> I was gonna say I probably I meant to look it up before we were chatting um to kind of scroll mm -hmm. through and see what episode you had been but I do recall, I believe you were on when it was still Maker Mom. Yeah, um, I think so. Even before it changed to Wonder Women. So mm -hmm. that would put you probably, oh, oh gosh, I don't know. It might be over a year. It oh. might be at this point. Yeah. It, you know, the problem with this whole thing, like pandemic thing, is it creates like a weird timeline in your head. <laughs> <laughs> um the never ending day in march i joked on twitter the other day it feels like a, that russian doll show on netflix yes yeah, yeah that series it, it feels like a it, it never ending in real life version of that and we're all stuck together <laughs> yes yes exactly um but i do believe it was during the pandemic because i think we talked about kids being home and how much yeah. fun that was and is to navigate um i know yours are still home mine they luckily, are mine luckily are not <laughs> um <laughs> found you you were episode 91 oh nice just for reference uh i just released today episode 205 so wow um wow no I mean granted that's you're amazing. episode 91 and and that's like right around when I started adding the second so it's not like it's sure. been you know whatever that is 100 something weeks it's been you know like 50 weeks but still about a year we were we were close yeah that's <laughs> 50 very busy weeks yes <laughs> <laughs> um and I know when we talked about we did talk in that episode about kind of you know where your passion came from for the 
representation of women, you know, specifically in the woodworking craft. Um, I guess, you know, as this, this uh, podcast, though, I will say features quite a few woodworkers, just because it's a lot easier for me to find woodworkers sometimes than makers of other kinds. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, I do try to reach as many, um, I guess, crafts and, and such as possible um, and finding places like welding and fabrication uh, is even more underrepresented than, <laughs> um, than woodworking. So I guess, especially now that you've taken up pen and chisel, like what's been your, I guess, experience finding, continuing to try to find more women to interview and feature and, you know, maybe touching some other spaces, um, that maybe fall outside of woodworking? Absolutely. Um, so yes, this time, or when we spoke, pen and chisel wasn't even, you know, it, it wasn't even a, a thing yet. So um, in the past year, because um, the Women of Woodworking Project has just like grown in momentum and um, have had so many folks, you know, when I do an open call, you know, reach out to do some sort of interview, whether it was, you know, written, you know, some people didn't want to do the live interviews. That right. was another thing is that it does is a lot of pressure for someone, you know, me, whatever, I'll hop on and, and talk about the weather. I don't care, but right. not everybody is as comfortable as I am. So, you know, being able to still offer like recorded video interviews or a written interview, you know, people are very busy. So not everybody has time to sit down and spend an hour with me, but they do have 15 minutes to give me some thoughtful answers to, you know, five questions. Right. Um, so it's, um, I, I needed a platform and um, I have, you know, done guest, you know, contributor articles, you know, at Popular Woodworking. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can't remember if I've written one for furniture and cabinet making or if I was just featured in it. Um, but I just, I needed, a, I needed a solid home for all this content and, um, and having also, you know, met Camille of Remodel Your Life and speaking with her and all of her expertise, um, eventually Pen and Chisel, you know, was born. I, I, you know, knew in the long run, I wanted women of woodworking to grow into something that would maybe, you know, kind of outlive me, whether that be a scholarship program right. or, you know, something like that. Um, I, I would absolutely love that. But I also knew how hard it would, would be to start like a knot from scratch. And, um, and also, I, I love to write. I love to interview. That's, that's my strength. So um, I got the idea to do a monthly, you know, paid digital journal. So now that's the home of all of, you know, original women of woodworking content. Um, I have, you know, guest um, contributors, um, guest features, but it has also allowed me to really open up the, you know, you know, well of stories and information that are out there. I'm not limited to, you know, women of woodworking. It, it absolutely, you know, whenever I, I started it, um, I, I had no idea, you know, the size of the community and how mm -hmm. far that extended beyond just women identifying people, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so as much as I love that project, it did feel like there were certain constraints to it that, you know, I needed to expand and wanted mm -hmm. to expand a little bit and be more inclusive and find a way to share more stories and, and different kinds of crap, because you're right. Um, you know, for folks to think how underrepresented, you know, women and gender nonconforming craftspeople are in woodworking, you're, you know, it's an even smaller pool, you know, in blacksmith or stained glass mm -hmm. um, or even things like metal engraving, you know, these really yeah. specific niche techniques. So, um, and, you know, women aren't the only underrepresented identities yep. here. You know, <laughs> there's, um, you know, a wide spectrum and we come in all shapes, sizes, colors, mm -hmm. um, representations. I 
didn't see it out there that made me uh, feel, you know, I just, it, it wasn't out there. And yeah. so I'm, why the heck not just start doing my own thing, but um, opened up a platform to, to speak with a more diverse um, group of makers and artists and also allowed me to publish a lot more content a month and um, and do it in a meaningful way. You know, I, I, I felt like I needed to have a, a more formal platform um, to share these stories because it was really important to me. Um, so yeah, so Pen and Chisel started and it's just $5 a month or $49.99 um, a year. Mm -hmm. And we've already done one sponsored class um, over the summer at Charleston Woodworking School with Abby Mechanic. So that's the other thing is now there is a financial element to the project that will allow me to actually generate scholarships and give mm -hmm. back, um, you know, and um, yeah, try to create a fund or, or just some sort of opportunities for other folks to be able to get into craft. Um, whatever that may be, you know, will right. it be a Women of Woodworking scholarship or will it be kind of like a more general pen and chisel? We'll, we will see. But right. um, once again, the community has just been so wonderful in supporting it, being involved in it. I mean, the guest features that I've got have just been amazing. Um, and the amount of time and generosity that, that people have spent, you know, really reading and providing feedback or suggesting best um you know it, it's very interesting and i'm excited that we're pivoting to work together now because sometimes i put a call out there and i'm completely inundated and that's just so wonderful but then you know there are times you want to go kind of searching you want right. to find those things that really move you too so um i'm excited for us to work together because i've always been so impressed by the diversity of guests that you're able to find and um, just how amazing some of these craftspeople are and the different things that they can do. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to bring that part of our community into what Pen and Chisel and, and Women of Work Woodworking are already doing. And also, you know, growing into this diverse community that you've already built as well, which is mm -hmm. like, is so amazing. And I hope that people will see this partnership is like a true representation of you know the community spirit that we are we feel and love and um really try to um cultivate with the work that we do mm -hmm. um it's it's it really is about building community and sharing these stories so i'm really excited hey makers so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things, really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. For what's ahead. Yeah, I'm definitely excited too. Sorry, I'm being interrupted by a cat. Um, oh, fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. <laughs> He's coming in to go, why is my window not open in the other room? Um, <laughs> But yeah, I am definitely, I'm definitely excited. Um, you know, I do want to ask, like, and I don't know, I don't think I asked this the first time, like, do you, I know your background is like, you know, writer and, and woodworking, like, do you feel like you have a passion for one over the other? Like, or do you feel like they both like kind of feed that same energy? Yeah, um, that's a great question because um, 
they've meant different things to me at different points in my life. Like I've always been a writer, but there was definitely a time in my adolescence. And especially when I was in college, I was like, I am not writing for fun. I am not, you know, like I've got a 12 page research paper due tomorrow. I still haven't written, you know, like that type of thing. Um, And that was when I did kind of turn to more, um, you know, visual arts, Mm -hmm. um, making, using my hands. And I feel like woodworking kind of found me. It it was something that, you know, my dad has always done as a hobby and I thought would be really cool. I had an appreciation for, um, but it wasn't something that like I sought out. And then of course, working with my husband and our relationship, it was really kind of this like surprise, like, and especially looking back on it, I'm so grateful for that time of being able to work under him and learn and make mistakes. I say, make bad art, you know, just figure out who I am. And Mm -hmm. while I love woodworking, I feel like my relationship with it, you know, it's been forced to change because of health issues. And at the same time, I feel like it's brought me back to, okay, like I love woodworking and I have this appreciation for it, but I also have this talent for writing and sharing stories. And I think it's just knowing what my strengths are. You know, I knew when I got into woodworking, I, you know, I love designing and I love, you know, problem solving. I I love seeing clients interact with pieces, you know, putting something very special in specific made, especially for someone in a, in their home or a space that's Mm -hmm. really important to them. Um, That's another way that I feel like I can engage people's stories more directly. Um, That being said, you know, I'm, I'm clearly meant to be a writer and a storyteller in in some capacity. So, and I've really just been doing what works, you know, um, like I said, even just the live streams, I was just hopping on there kind of saying, hey, here's what's happening. And, and it's just the community has has also been very great in providing feedback. And if you listen, you know, I mean, they've they've engaged, you know. Yes. So, um, yeah, it's I, I would say I probably connect more with with writing. And well, I always have a very special connection with woodworking. I've also been the type of person to be very interested in everything. <laughs> so I've, you know, taken a welding course. I've, I'd love to learn more about glass blowing. I'd love, you know, I want to learn about everything. So mm-hmm. um, I, I also knew that, you know, spending that time with my husband, it was amazing to get an intensive and get a feel for how dedicated um, some of us are to our material and our particular craft. I also knew though that that wasn't going to be that wasn't going to be my end all. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, it, I'm glad that I've trusted the process. I wish I could go back and tell myself, you know, at that time, because I, I felt that it wasn't going to be my end all, but I was like, you know, I, I do feel very passionate about this. I, I do, I have dedicated all this time. Why am I not getting this fulfillment that I, I feel like I'm seeking? And it was, you know, um, I, I wish that it, I had just, like calm down it'll work out you know and uh it's it's shifted it's shifted on its own and um yeah it's it's been it's been really neat to to be a part of and um and to look back but it also makes me really excited because it's like wow I feel like I did a lot of this stuff kind of just winging it you know mm-hmm. like just following what felt right what I enjoyed doing and now it's like I have intention behind what I'm doing. I have intention behind um, the stories that I share and the people that I reach out to. And it's been lovely to see what has come to me. I feel like in in return, you know, putting that energy out there and and having the audience and participants pick up on that. I've just, um, I've been blown away by the, you know, the stories that people will come on and share with me, how personal they are, mm-hmm. allowing themselves to be vulnerable. And I mean, some of these makers and artists, I, I don't see their faces until they come on to these interviews. Like I right. may not have the slightest clue of what they look like because they're so focused on their work. You know, that's how they present themselves and what an honor it is for me to even be able to have that conversation with them face to face. Um, I just love what I do. (laughs) Yeah. No, I'm totally with you. Like, and it's interesting. I've had, you know, quite a few guests 
of the podcast as they share their kind of story or journey with me will talk about actually writing being maybe their first love of creating. And I would say that resonates with me. Like I've always been a designer and like, I've always liked more of the physical building, you know, even as a child, but I kind of got maybe pushed to focus creativity in more of a writing sense. And so Um, I, you know, I was pretty passionate about writing, like, as a preteen and teenager and stuff like that. And then it kind of felt like, I don't know, I think I judged myself of like, well, if I'm not one of the greats, then why am I like, taking time to like, write stuff down? Um, And I kind of I can tell you're a writer just based on that statement alone. Um, and I, but then I found, you know, kind of back into like physical making, woodworking and stuff. And so I would definitely say like, I still have a big passion for that, but I guess I didn't realize how much I appreciate the power and importance of story until I started the podcast. Like, and again, you know, and I've started recently started writing again, just like for my own, you know personal well-being and stuff and I'm like oh yeah I remember this like I actually do enjoy this um and I enjoy that it could be a medium to maybe reach another level of audience um and to be able to share things in a different way um because I'm also one of those weird people who can take a really long time to formulate a thought and writing allows you to take all the time you want (laughs) to formulate that thought there's not somebody on the other end like come on spit it out (laughs) you know (laughs) exactly there's not not any uh time timekeeping to writing so I appreciate that uh aspect as as well um but yeah, I, I didn't know I loved story as much as I do now know just through the podcast and like totally fascinated about learning about other people. Um, you know, that's why it's kind of funny. It's like most of my podcast interviews spend very little time actually talking about making. Um, most of it's about like the story of them. I want to just know about them, you know, and, and yes, making plays a part of that, but um we don't spend time talking about like well how how do you do a dovetail or like what's your technical you know what's your technique for this we don't talk about that stuff um which is you know yeah interesting I think yeah and that's I'm glad you said that because that was I think what kind of turned me off from writing for a little while was I was I I loved writing but I really loved story I loved storytelling Mm -hmm. so I I remember I was uh my first like newspaper job I wrote for the two little local newspapers in my small town you know doing sports writing and Mm -hmm. um I just remember being like, "Mm," you know, and then majored in communications in college and took a writing for the mass media course. And it was amazing and taught me so much, but it also taught me "Mm, that's, that's not for me, you know, Mm -hmm. like um, what it was really going to be. And you're right. Like story, story is definitely what has just captivated me over time. And writing is just, gosh, it's such a, a beautiful way to express these, these stories and these feelings. And um, But also, I think it allows us to highlight the importance of sharing these stories and the impact that we may not be talking, you know, about how to's, but yeah. there's definitely not enough discussion, of, you know, about culture, you know, in, in our in our craft and in our workshops and in inclusivity and all of these topics that shape, you know, very profoundly the way that we make, the way that we go about making, mm-hmm. um, the way we we network and and grow within our own woodworking or craft communities. Um, 
those conversations are very important and very powerful. And I've always kind of said, you know, there's a lot of great folks out there doing how to's that know what they're talking about and are doing it well. And I'm, I'm happy to amplify those as much as possible. But I also, again, like kind of knowing my strengths, um, you know, I, I've, I, I've, I feel like the conversations that aren't being discussed in, in kind of traditional mainstream woodworking media, mm -hmm. so to speak, um, still need to happen. And that's where, where I come in and we come in. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and also just, again, you know, seeing what the, the community has, has asked for and needed. Um, it, it's just been amazing to the people that have like reached out to, Hey, I, I want to nominate so-and-so or share this person mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, especially in this day and age, it can be really easy to feel isolated or, you know, even be isolated in your, your own self, your identity and craft. Yeah. And I joke that I probably have like the most in inclusive experience in woodworking than anybody. I work with other women and, you know, non-binary craftspeople all day long. Like that is my culture, but I hear from enough of the, the people that I interview and the, the stories that, you know, this interaction is it for them. There isn't another women woodworker yeah. um, in their town. There's not, you know, um, a non-binary craftsperson or instructor or even policy, you know, you know, at the school that they attend. You know, I think there's a lot of us out there that, um, you know, we, we want to woodwork and we, we want to create these spaces that we all feel comfortable in and, and are really our own. But um, it, there's a lot of work to still be done. And I feel like this is part of it. And um, I'm really encouraged, especially by organizations and, and things that have supported the mission of Pen and Chisel, have sponsored, you know, have reached out and, you know, put their, put their name down on, on it and say, yeah, like this is, this is what we're about. And it's, I feel the momentum, you know, it, it has certainly grown over the years and I'm very encouraged by it, but that makes it all more important to not stop right now. So, um, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And I, I spend a lot of time, um, chatting with people on the podcast about this idea of making our own space um because to your point like there are like actually where I live um there's quite a few artists and um quite a few craftspeople. however there's not really a good like organization that brings us all together type thing right um and so <clears throat> Um, even though I am aware of it, I don't necessarily like intentionally go to interact with it because I also know, I guess the, the dynamics still haven't changed in those spaces. Um, and so I look, you know, that's why I talk about like, sometimes I'll have people on, you know, maybe it's a, it's another queer maker who's like, well, in my shop, I only hire, you know, uh, people of color, people from the queer community, and, and maybe that's wrong of me. And I usually stop them and say, but it's fair for you to create a space that you feel safe in and that you want to create a space that others who are marginalized feel safe in. Um, I, think, Absolutely. I think that's the drive, at least personally, so much about the idea of wanting to work for myself because even outside of the world of craft it's like every time looking you know going into a new workspace it's like I have to do the assessment of am I safe in this space to be myself um and that just gets tiring <laughs> that just gets exhausting um time after time um and, and I would say same, same uh, for yourself in the sense of, and I don't know how much you feel comfortable sharing the, about, you know, your kind of health concerns and, um, you know, maybe kind of ableism that you encounter. Um, 
out in the world and like how that also affects you going into spaces? Absolutely. Um, and, and that's another thing is like through this project is, you know, it's taught me that there are so many experiences that, you know, are similar to what I've experienced, you know, as a woman identifying person, but I could never fully understand. And, you know, you expressing that kind of safety check that you do walking into a room. I mean, I, I've heard so many black women woodworkers say the same thing, you know, um, and I've, you know, other, you know, women of color and non-binary craftspeople, you know, whether it's, you know, your identity as a, a queer person, whether it's, it's your race, mm -hmm. um, it's hard for people that aren't faced with those barriers every day to understand how something as simple as you said, describing walking into a room. I mean, that's work. That's a yeah. lot of emotional work. That's, <laughs> Um, that's so much added on to what should be a relatively straightforward, simple experience right. going into the workshop, doing work. Right. Um, that's heavy. That's really heavy. So um, it, this project constantly reminds me to, to stay humble and always learning and listening and that. And that's one thing I really would like to drive home to people that, you know, listen or, or follow and support the project project is how important it is to, to really listen to people whenever they describe these experiences and believe, believe people. Mm -hmm. um, it, it's interesting, my, I had a spinal cord injury and um, infection when I was 18. And so it's been about 16 years since then. Um, and I've been able to do different things at different points in my life. When I was younger, I tend to recover from my surgeries better. I didn't need a walking, you know, aid all the time. Um, I was able to get by, you know, with kind of hiding my invisible illness, um, my invisible disability. And um, part of that, I really was figuring out what was going on with me. Um, things were changing. How did it impact my life? Did I want to be open about it? I knew that um, there was going to be some level of advocacy eventually, you know, after I got injured and sick, but I kind of needed time to process yeah. probably, you know, what I, how I truly felt and what I wanted to say. Um, one wonderful thing um, with, with the Women of Woodworking Project is like, that's like one of the most uninteresting things about me. Like nobody cares that I'm not a, you know, a woodworker in a traditional sense. It's like nobody cares that, um, you know, I can't lift a board or and can build these huge things or whatever. Uh, I feel really valued and supported and seen for who I am by this community. Um, as a writer, as, as a maker, having to create my own contribution to craft and, and doing that. And it's just been so beautiful to have people I greatly admire, like, you know, support and subscribe and, you know, come, you know, be a panelist on, you know, an event and, and share their time and talents. And um, that is one really beautiful thing. But, you know, the whole reason I started the Women of Woodworking Project was because I got tired of going to shows and exhibitions and like my name being on the sign or my name being on the wall. And, you know, people coming up and saying, so do you help your husband? Do you cook him dinner? You know, like <laughs> that sort of thing, like, you know, and yeah. having to constantly, you know, affirm my position, at, you know, in our shop, in our business. And I just, I got real tired of it. Like it's, it's, it is exhausting. You describe it per perfectly. It's fucking exhausting. Sorry. <laughs> you know, um, there's, uh, you know, it, it's not a, unfortunately, it's not a unique experience, you know, and I find, um, I, you know, as far as ableism in the shop, I haven't experienced a whole lot of that, you know, um, I don't know if I just haven't spent enough time kind of like out as a kind of openly disabled person mm -hmm. or, um, or if it, if it matters, you know, I, teach marketing at the Charleston Woodworking School and I come in there all the time you know 
or I used to at least whenever <laughs> it was open and, you know, with my cane and walk around and talk to students and look at things and give feedback and hang out. And it was never, it was just never an issue. It was never like, oh, you know, like, and I never got crap for it. Now, that being said, I was also being protected by, you know, Sam and Joseph, you know, the instructors there that are, you know, white, cis, you know, males, like, you know, I'm being married to Joseph is, you know, I think that automatically just like <laughs> puts a level of like courtesy or respect yeah. um, that students and things like that give me because, um, yeah, people are less likely to show their behinds, I found, if, if he's around. So, yeah. um, I don't know. I, I, I'm really excited for the world to open back up and go to things like craft shows and exhibitions, mm-hmm. not as an exhibitor because, oh, talk about exhausting. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited about that. But like, you know, to to be out and to show my disability in the woodworking community, because another thing is since I've been open, you know, so many have, you know, crafts people have come to me and said, I got into woodworking because I, you know, I had a learning disability or, you know, mm-hmm. I've always had a challenge with this or I too have a chronic illness. And um, it, it just means a lot. You know, most of those private messages, you know, they're just, you know, nobody will ever see. And and that's, that's the point is like uh, the work that we do truly does reach people that, you know, we'll never hear from that, mm-hmm you know, don't feel comfortable reaching out, but really do gain something from, you know, the interviews that we're doing and the stories that we're sharing, the work that we're doing. And that's what it's about. It's a, it's about, you know, it's about those moments. It's about, you know, every listener getting just one little thing out of it that, you know, might make them feel more included or think about things differently. You know, the next time they go into a shop, you know, um, I hope everyone that listens to this, that is an educator, you know, um, or, or an instructor, you know, really does try to be intentional about creating a safe space. You know, if you want to truly create an inclusive space, you know, we have to do the work, you know, it, it, it's beyond just talk. I love to talk. I, I, I will talk all day long, <laughs> but y'all are doing the actual work. So yeah, um, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll just nag everyone. <laughs> well, I'll I mean, nag everyone until morale improves. Hey makers, today's episode is sponsored in part by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, And also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout if you enter the code maker mom you will get a 20 percent discount off any of the merchandise that you buy so that's just toolmomstore.com all right let's head back into the action yeah i just had an episode um yes the beatings will continue until morale improves um (laughs) i just had on and i think you had her on uh one of your lives to um tamar cats of woodworker rehab um and we were talking because she was saying like the biggest feedback she actually gets from schools is um you know because she's trying to integrate her program uh within woodworking programs um the biggest feedback she gets is they're struggling to bring in diversity and i said something to the fact of you know if you would just hire an instructor who's not a white cis male, that starts signaling (laughs) that you're providing an okay space for people who are not white cis males to come participate in classes. Um, You know, and she kind of chuckled at that, but it's like, to me, it seems like completely obvious, Um, but that's not where the routes seem to going there's some programs that are better than others for sure um sure you know that are really striving to do that but it's like 
you know, go find a uh, queer black woman teacher. And there you go. <laughs> it says uh, yeah. so much about, you know, where your intention really lies. Um, yeah, that's a, I mean, that's a perfect example of, all right, you really do have, you have to be intentional about it. You can't, can't just talk about it. And it, you know, hiring diverse teachers, you're right, instructors is a great place to start. Um, I have really admired the work that Aspen Galan is doing with the Chairmakers Toolbox. And she, uh, I think I quote her in every interview. Um, <laughs> she's amazing. Um, but, you know, we've talked about, you know, the importance of schools and, um, and even employers having a diversity and inclusion statement, you know, like, it, it might seem just like a bunch of words to people that, you know, they're like, all right, I already, I already feel represented, I feel included, yeah. but um, to, to see those words said, those do matter, you know, that, that does matter to people. And, um, and she also had a, a great point of, you know, if institutions and organizations are, you know, part of the work is yes, having a statement, but also, you know, following up on that as well. And, and whether the instructor is a margin, you know, identifies as a marginalized um, identity, you know, mm -hmm. or if they are, you know, a white cis male, it doesn't, everyone, you know, needs to be prepared for what their students might right. be, you know, be being prepared to pro provide a safe space for everyone, regardless of who they are or how they identify. Um, that that would be a, a great place for folks to start. And, um, and that's a, a like you like you said, it seems like an obvious thing, you know, and, and to me and you, like the work we do clearly shows that we have a very, very diverse, you know, woodworking and craft community. It's mm -hmm. again, um, being intentional about who you reach out to being intentional about being diverse and, mm -hmm. and inclusive. I also wanted to say how impressed I am um, and appreciative I am of other organizations um, on Instagram's Instagram specifically. So before my live streams, I, I like to do um, kind of like a description of what I look like, a visual description for visually impaired um, viewers. And I just can't tell you how many viewers have gotten in touch with me and said how much they appreciated that. Um, but then also putting photo descriptions in, you know, the captions. Oh, sorry, there's my dog. <laughs> but um, I, I've seen so many other folks after they reach out to me start doing it themselves. So starting to ad adopt these small behaviors, just putting a few extra sentences in your caption, you know, just a, a few things here and there. Um, it, it makes a big difference. They seem like small things, but they do make a big difference. It does. Yeah, I've noticed, I, I had noticed you doing that and. Um, I can't, I'm blanking on her name, which really sucks. Um, but I, I had her as a guest um, on the podcast. She started recently doing it as well. Um, so I think to your point, yes, that's very valuable and important. Um, I guess I wanna spend kind of the last few minutes we have together um, just, I guess, talking about like what, What's your hope for becoming a part of kind of the uh, uh, crafting revolution squad and, um, you know, interacting in, on this platform? Absolutely. Sorry, I, I muted myself yeah. while my thumbs <laughs> calmed themselves down. Sorry about that. No problem. I'm just excited because I feel like it's going to strengthen, you know, what platform I already do have. And um, I've just admired the podcast and what you've been doing such time. Uh, it's really, again, it's like an awesome you know, somebody wants me to be on their podcast. Like, you know, it's, it's, I still kind of feel that way about myself and, um, and doing that. So just me personally, you know, I'm, I'm really excited to do that, you know, 
growing up, I, I wanted to be a radio DJ. That was kind of my, like, you know, that was what I wanted to be. Um, so this is kind of a little bit of a fulfillment of that. Um, for the project though, specifically, I'm hoping that this will make content more accessible. I hope that um, this will hopefully make other guests, you know, feel more comfortable um, coming on and doing an interview, you know, giving them the option of doing kind of something not live, you know, mm -hmm. recorded at a, at a pace, you know, that feels a little bit more manageable for them. Um, and also just my audience has, you know, requested like, you need to do a podcast, you, do, you know, and I'm like, I want to, but like the, uh, the thought of starting that on top of everything else, it just wasn't, it wasn't feasible. So, um, I, and also, you know, just bringing more opportunities to the people that have already, you know, spent so much time and effort um, sharing their stories. It just seems like a natural fit. So I'm really excited. Um, and also, you know, again, just how diverse your, you know, your audiences, your guests are, and um, have it being more about crafting as well. I, I love woodworking and always will, but um, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Well, like you, I mean, we kind of touched on it earlier, you know, the podcast has also been an evolution, um, starting as maker mom, really, because I was finding myself as a mom of little ones and being like, okay, I see some other women in this space, but most of them are not parents. And it's like really hard comparing yourself to somebody who does not have little human beings to be uh, responsible for, um, <clears throat> you know, in just the sense of like, wow, how are they being able to crank out so much work and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so it started really because I felt like, well, if nothing else, it gives me a way, an excuse to find community of other moms who are makers. So, you know, it started from that very much my own selfish need. Um, and then it grew into the, the Wonder Women because wanting to be able to bring in women who were not moms. Um, and then really when it's like, okay, I'm starting to reach out and have more non-binary folks on and the realization that that name, you know, just wasn't fitting. Um, and so... Uh, changing that uh, name with, with the help of, um, of others, of specifically, I'll, I'll call them out now, A of Slightly Acute, uh, when they were talking about potentially starting a zine, right before Pen and Chisel came out, they were um, circulating about trying to start a zine to have more representation of, um, you know, voices in, in the space. Who, who was this again? Uh, they're, they go by A and it's slightly acute on, um, slightly acute on, um, Instagram. And <clears throat> so anyways, they, they, um, had, you know, kicked around some ideas of the name for that, uh, before it hit pause because Pen and Chisel came out and felt like that was, you know, a, a good place. So, one of the names was crafting a revolution and I just absolutely loved it and got uh, their permission to, <laughs> to use it for the name of the podcast and took off with it and ran. And I just felt like it opened up in several ways of, you know, really focusing on to me, anybody who creates anything with their hands is a maker. Um, and so or craft, you know, has a craft. So opening it up that way and then not being as gender specific, though I will, I'm still pretty firm about no men uh, being on the podcast. Um, I, I'm going to keep pretty firm on that one, I think. Um, <laughs> I'm like, there's like 15 other podcasts you can be a guest on. So um, we're going to probably keep that true to the mission but um yeah it's, it's been an evolution as I've grown as a person and learned um and just understood more of the needs of like you said the community you know I think that's really what has driven all of the changes um and I and I love the community that listens to the podcast and 
you know, gives feedback and suggests people to come on and all that good stuff. <clears throat> Absolutely. And um, I mean, you're right. I think it's kind of been the same thing with women in woodworking is, you know, it's just shown that there are so many more diverse communities that we can reach that, you know, identify with what we are doing and, and also need to, to see representation. I think it's just been really beautiful to see how this community has grown. And I'm so glad that ours are like intersecting and, and growing together. Cause I've, I've just, um, you're right. I mean, there's just not been a space like this for people to be able to just like, come on and and be themselves. And um, that was, that's, I'm glad to have uh, found out about that slightly acute. That was really, um, you know, um, trying to say about pen and chisel, because I, I, you know, I still feel like it's very much a work in progress, but it really is, you know, again, um, something that's supposed to be for the community. And that's, that's something that I think is, again, like a very natural fit for us to work together is like, we're both just we're here because we want to do good work and have fun. Yeah. <laughs> and plus, I mean, I do have to add at the end. I mean, I think it's just, you know, Katie's are meant to rule the world. And so we'll, you know, take it one podcast episode at a time. Yes. It's now the <laughs> Katie and Katie show. That's right. <laughs> Welcome. That's right. And the proper way to spell Katie too. Um, <laughs> And that is a joking dig at some of the Katie's I've had on that don't spell it properly. <laughs> they spell it with a Y uh, instead. <laughs> well, excellent. Um, well, I will say, Katie, welcome to the uh, Crafting a Revolution family. And I'm excited Yay. to start being able to share um, episodes, you know, where you've done the interviewing. So, um, I'm excited. I'm already getting my list together. And again, thank you so much for extending the opportunity and the platform and looking forward to it. Awesome. Excellent. All right. Again, that was Katie Thompson of Women of Woodworking. And I am excited, thrilled to have Katie kind of joining and making this a no longer one woman team but two women, two women team uh, for making this podcast happen and have her join on as a host. And I think you all will enjoy maybe getting a, a fresh new voice on the scene, uh, though I know you can trust that Katie is still going to dive into a lot of the same issues that I dive into when I'm doing the interviews and she's gonna be bringing on amazing guests just like we've been having on. So. Um, I know it will get only better with bringing on Katie, so I'm really excited for it. <clears throat> I will include how you can follow along with Katie's projects, Women of Woodworking, and then also her online monthly journal of pen and chisel. I'll include the links to those in the show notes for today's episode. You can find those show notes by looking in the description on your podcast app where you're listening to this on, or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, you can check out the description down below uh, for that as well. And the last place you can go find that at is freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast. You can find this episode as well as all the previous episodes over there. Don't forget to follow along. With the podcast over on Instagram, that's just at Crafting a Revolution. And uh, also, while you're at it, if you want to get your name added to the list of people we think at the top of the episode for every episode, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Crafting a Revolution and join the pod squad over there. Any tier level that you pick, you will get your name added to the list of thank yous. <clears throat> All right. So when I'm not interviewing amazing makers and making podcast episodes, you can find me designing, 
and making and carving and dancing my way uh, through the shop over at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across pretty much all of social media. I'm active on a daily basis over at Instagram. That again is just at Freeman Furnishings and pretty close to daily over on TikTok. That as well is at Freeman Furnishings. So come on over, say hi. I'll say hi back, I promise. Um, and it's the end of the week. I hope you all have a great weekend ahead of you. And as always, let's go craft a revolution. Feed her, then they got something they